So when we were considering acquisition, it wasn't purely for financial reasons. We also wanted to realize that vision of being able to index the world's IP data. Merging with CompuMark and Clarivet really enabled us to do that. That's my guest on today's show, Sandra Mao. Sandra is the Vice President of Product for Cloud and IP Government Solutions at Clarivate. Prior to joining Clarivate, Sandra was the CEO and founder of Trademark Vision, an award-winning AI computer vision startup and the world's first commercial online visual search engine for trademarks and designs. In our very interesting conversation, Sandra shares her journey from finding her niche in the IP industry to starting up, securing funding, and finding the right partnership with CompuMark and Clarivate. I'm your host, Justin Simpson. I'm an Australian patent attorney and founder of BillTrader. Welcome to Talking IP, a podcast for IP professionals featuring conversations that take you inside the professional lives and careers of global IP leaders and entrepreneurs. I hope you enjoy the show. Sandra Mao, welcome to Talking IP. Thanks for having me. Now, you and I met a long time ago. I remember you came to the Inovia offices in Sydney and you were looking for some funding for Trademark Vision. It sounded like it had great technology. Uh, but uh, we regrettably didn't invest. I should have done that uh, at that time. But did you get some support from someone else at the time? Was it, there was a sort of a venture capitalist that uh, helped you go? Yeah, absolutely. You know, as a startup, um, I just tried to network really broadly and spoke with everyone in the industry. And speaking with uh, you at Inovia actually um, really helped me uh, learn more about the industry. I appreciated your feedback. Uh, ultimately, we did get investment from a syndicate of uh, seed investors, including uh, scale investors. Sydney Seed Fund uh, slash right click capital, as well as uh, QET. And, and scale investors came with you for a long time. I think there was some award they got for a best exit when you sold to Clarivate. So you, you, you made them some money? Yeah, scale investors was really supportive. Uh, scale investors uh, based out of Melbourne uh, with Sydney branch as well, uh, invest in uh, startups with female founders. And uh, we're one of their earlier startups that the investors participated in. So Really appreciative of all that mentoring uh, that they did with the female founders and uh, support throughout um, all the way through to exit. And I believe you're now involved in scale. I don't know, uh, putting some investment in yourself to help other female founders, if that's the theme. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, post that process, I really wanted to uh, pay it forward. Uh, so yeah, and now I'm a scale investor myself, uh, hoping to mentor other uh, startup founders out there and um, help them grow. Have you got any companies at the moment that uh, you've invested in that are that are starting to do well, or is it too early? There's actually quite a few um, in the scale portfolio, um, and some of which I've invested in are doing quite well. I'm actually super impressed that investors invested in my company <laughs> back in the day, <laughs> because I'm looking at these startups and I'm like, wow, they're so much more impressive and so much further along than where I was at the time. Looking back, I was really appreciative of people giving me the chance. Maybe because uh, they didn't really know what they were doing at the time either. <laughs> Perhaps. Got my first investment. They looked at a thousand companies. They invested in 13 and I only learned after I sold it that ours was the best of the lot. But you never know. I mean, I know along the way, uh, Anovia nearly collapsed three times. Uh, we went through the global financial crisis. Did Trademark Vision uh, ever look like it was going to flounder or uh, or did you, uh, did you have a clear sailing all the way? I'd say in the first few years, when we were trying to uh, find our product market fit, it was quite challenging. The, the company originally spun out from uh, NICDA Research Group in computer vision. Uh, back then, it was working on face recognition uh, and using face recognition to protect people's online reputation. 
So finding photos that um, might have been posted of you on social media, but uh, we were probably a bit behind in that there were bigger companies in that space and Facebook acquired some of those bigger companies uh, and brought that technology in-house. So we really couldn't compete with free. Um, so we had to go through a few pivots and those first, I'd say two to three years with all the ups and downs and lack of cash flow <laughs> were the <laughs> hardest, had a few uh, co-founders um, depart, but still continued to struggle through and found, found a niche uh, in the brand space, realized and speaking with some uh, people uh, in the reputation space that companies care a lot about their brands. And then uh, specifically in the trademark niche of, of brands, there was a lot of data, but no one was really applying any uh, technology or investing in it. So yeah, found our niche and uh, created trademark vision. You had the technology for face recognition technology. Then you sort of came across uh, brands. I, I remember learning how to do trademark searching in, in my youth and you had to sort of describe it. Two chevrons uh, underneath the circle, which uh, as long as the other person described them as two chevrons, you might get close. But there, it was really not very sophisticated for image searching back then. But you've you solved that problem. Uh, yeah, yeah. We were a little bit new to the industry. But uh, when we learned about it, we found out with trademarks, you can, as you know, register a word or images. And it turns out 40% of trademark registers are images. Uh, but really, there wasn't a good way to search it at the time. Like you mentioned, you have to like try to describe a picture in words and then like map those words, which are often subjective, into the IP office specific keywords or codes, depending on your jurisdiction. And then like after that, it's basically just a filter. So people would look through tens of thousands of images without any ordering to it, which was mind blowing to me as a computer uh, vision scientist. I'm like, why would anyone do that and waste their time? So I uh, really thought it was like the perfect niche. There was a lot of great data with a lot of labels. And when we uh, first came up with MVP in 2013 and created just the reverse image search engine, uh, indexed the Australian trademark data set uh, and put it in front of a some trademark attorneys, they really loved it. So it really took off from there. So MVP, I do like that phrase, minimum viable product. And, and I'm all on board with getting something out there and which then obviously the market changes to something different. So you said it was a reverse searching image search. What do you mean by that? Uh, yeah, reverse image search engines, like when you just upload a picture and then the AI does it all for you and finds the similar pictures. <laughs> Find something similar to that. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. And it returns all the pictures in kind of rank order of similarity. Yeah. And so it makes it much more efficient. It's prioritized. You can add your regular keyword filters if you know what you're doing to it and kind of uh, combine the traditional search approach with the new AI uh, for rank ordering. So it makes it much easier to scan through all the results. I, uh, I was certainly impressed by the technology when you showed it to me many years ago. Unfortunately, uh, Anovi didn't have a lot of cash at the time. We were still getting getting to break even. So I'm, I'm sorry I didn't invest in you, but I'm glad you you got there. So that would have been, what was your the value proposition then? The speeding up and more accurate uh, trademark searching. And and how did you how did you price that at the time? A little bit trial and error. Uh, we had, we worked with some law firms, kind of just tested the waters a little bit. I looked at the different pricing that were available for online search services. That's how we did it for law firms and corporates. Uh, we also sold 
largely to IP offices uh, and partnered with those. So that's a completely different partnership proposition. Um, honestly, like as a startup, we weren't very good at pricing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, joining a much bigger company like Clarivet and seeing how uh, you know all the different brands do it, bigger companies definitely have a more sophisticated approach. Uh, they do. There's a whole there's a whole science to it. Uh, when, when I started an OVR, I didn't know anything about pricing either. And I thought, well, if I just make everything fifty percent of what the market is, this is for foreign patent filing, that'll be good. But no one bought because they thought, well, this is so cheap. What's wrong with it? So then I changed the price to eighty percent of what they were charging, and and it became successful. So <laughs> interesting <laughs> psychology. Interesting, yeah. Yeah, it was it was better for us. We earned more money doing exactly the same thing. So your background confuses me a little bit because uh, when I met you, you were in Australia. So I thought you were from Australia, but your accent is Canadian and you've studied some in Canada and, and now you're living in America. So where is home for you? Um, home is where my family is. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm Canadian. I grew up in, uh, I was born in Hong Kong, but uh, I grew up in Toronto. Um, so I went to school in Toronto uh, for undergrad. And went to did a post grad in the U.S. And after I graduated, my husband and I decided to move to Australia because we wanted to travel and see the world. Well, why not? I, I find uh, most people who travel to Australia end up getting stuck here. So I'm glad you you managed to get out. Well, no, actually, we love it in Australia. We actually became uh, citizens, so we're we're dual citizens, and uh, yeah, would love to return there someday. Lovely. Well, next time you come to Sydney, uh, I'll I'll take you out for uh, out for lunch. So stop on by. Yeah, we'll do. Let's get into obviously. So you you came into IP after Nikta and with Trademark Vision. So your, your sort of intellectual property background is is not where your um where your education is is more on the technology side. So you started your first degree was in aerospace. So were you into flying or into space? What was uh, what was your your thoughts there? Uh, like I think a lot of kids, I wanted to be an astronaut when I was a young kid. And then when I grew older, I was interested in uh, robotics. So I actually studied aerospace in the engineering program at U of T because I was interested in space robotics specifically. So yeah, I did my thesis for undergrad and postgrad in uh, space robotics groups. So it's like one of those sort of arms that stick out from a, a spaceship to, to pick things up or, or to, uh, to mend things on a spaceship. Oh, like Canada Arm. Yeah, that's what's popular in Canada. In the US, I was working uh, actually both in Canada and US. I worked with rovers. So like lunar rovers or Mars rovers, uh, analogs, designed rovers that cooperated with other uh, robots in a team and avoided obstacles and did their tasks and whatnot. That, that sounds fascinating. Totally useless to what I ended up doing career-wise. <laughs> Well, there was a few different path changes, wasn't it? So, uh, I mean, so I thought you were you're heading to space, and then uh, robotics came second. But you had combined uh, enjoyment. I liked uh, I liked law and I liked science. I combined them together into and found there was patent attorney. So that was good. I could I could do both together. But uh, you did robotics and science. <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, robotics involved computer vision. So my undergrad thesis was in computer vision, and uh, I did a bunch of computer vision, uh, which led me into uh, NICTA and a computer vision research group. So yeah. Um, Ended up working out. So in those days, uh, well, where was the state of computer vision when you started your studies? Obviously, the eyeball is a very complex thing, and uh, uh, but getting a computer to see uh, involves a lot of very complex technology. Where was technology at at that time? Yeah, uh, back then it was mostly handcrafted features. So um, the right now, in the past few years, past 
maybe five, six years, uh, deep learning uh, came back and, and really took over the field. But back then it was more to do with like features, so-called handcrafted features where you kind of train specific features in different subspaces using different quantization approaches to try to like uh, summarize a picture using statistics. And uh, with the prevalence now of uh, deep learning, that really, uh, I think, opened up computer vision to a lot more applications. Um, We actually uh, keep on top of uh, research. So we continually look at the new models and new research coming out and uh, benchmark new technologies using our uh, training data of labeled trademark data. We actually roll over quite a few different algorithms in our system to, you know, get the latest performance. The field is really exciting, I think. So I I would have thought that, uh, I mean, faces uh, are much more complex than trademark images. And I would have thought that the technology that you created in the first place would have been sufficient, but you said there's more work to be done. There's always more work to be done. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think like with uh, a lot of the computer vision and uh, AI, it's all about the data. Um, And in this domain, we got a lot of uh, trademark data that was great from IP offices, um, a lot of benchmark data from examiners, as well as uh, from working with CompuMark because they have lots of you know, search analyst reports um, that can be used for training. So you have the search analysts, here's the results of the search, and then you're comparing that with what the computer finds and, and uh, learning from it. it. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did, I did artificial intelligence back at university. That was in 1992 to 1994. So I'm, I'm showing my age, and, uh, but... Uh, no, but your description was spot on. <laughs> okay, Whew. all right. I didn't even Google it before the show. That's good. <laughs> so, so you've you've done your uh, undergraduate in aerospace. You've done a is it a master's in robotics, and then you've gone on and done an MBA. You're you're a sucker of punishment. Uh, what was the interest there? Yeah, um, I was always interested in like entrepreneurship. So, post uh, my first job going to Australia was actually I took a job as a, a QT commercialization analyst to try to commercialized research coming out from the university, learned about IP and due diligence that way. Um, And when I was doing that job, I decided to do an MBA at QUT as well. So learn more about business, uh, business concepts, business lingo. And um, I think um, the biggest thing I took away from an MBA is like that I had to come out of my shell and network a bit more and not be afraid to speak with people. Um, Yeah, back when I was doing engineering, there was very little uh, aspects of presentation and social, uh, the social networking stuff. Well, less so than in a business program. So, so you were a shy naturally. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> I'm an engineering introvert. So, well, you you could have gone into being a patent attorney because uh, for for a patent attorney, you've got a big personality. They uh, they say the uh, you can tell the extroverted patent attorney at a party because he's the one making eye contact with the other person's shoes. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so the MBA, what sort of skills do you think that gave you when you came to start uh, Trademark Vision? Uh, did you, was it, was, it, was it helpful at all? Um, yeah, yeah, like um, the understanding um, business strategy, uh, analysis, even understanding just like business lingo, uh, understanding what people mean when they say SWOT or competitive analysis or MVP, uh, and yeah, the networking part. Uh, I met a lot of um, people there uh, that I still keep in touch with. So uh, I really enjoyed yeah. it. 
the lingo is certainly something amongst financial people. They like to uh, have all these uh, three-letter acronyms to make you feel like you don't know what you're doing. Really, they're quite simple concepts. Let's let's go back to the start of uh, Trademark Vision. You've taken a few years to get some uh, investment starting to go. What was the sales process like as, as you built it? You said you, you ended up selling to IP offices. I would have thought that would be a, a challenging uh, sales process, that big organizations that don't make decisions very quickly. Uh, yeah, I was super surprised at that we were able to find uh, receptive IP offices. At the time, there was a lot of data and the technology was of interest, but the IP offices themselves were not able to crack the nut. So we were able to step in and provide some of those technology services uh, for them. So I think we got a bit lucky with our uh, with our timing because we're just at the bleeding edge there um, and a bit ahead of the field at the time. At the, at the right place at the right time, like that uh, Malcolm Gladwell book, Outliers, you've got to be in the right place at the right time. That's, I think that's a good way to phrase it. Um, sales process was really just networking as uh, widely as we could, uh, using our investor networks for introductions um, and uh, exhibiting at the IP conferences. So did a few at um, in Australia, Lisans, and, and of course, Inta. And I met a lot of uh, people in the industry that way. Now, remind me of the timing. So I know it was in 2018 that uh, you were sold to Clarivate, but what year did you start? Was it 2010? I, I can't, can't quite remember. Uh, our company was uh, spun out, uh, was registered uh, from NICA in 2011. But the concept, uh, like I mentioned, the first uh, two, three years was us trying to find a product market fit because the face recognition stuff uh, didn't quite work out for us. So it was in 2013 when uh, the Trademark Vision MVP was first created. So it's actually quite a short short time once it went to market from beginning to, to sale. So let's talk about the the Clarivate um, purchase. Congratulations, by the way. That's uh, I mean it's uh, that's the ultimate success: starting something and then ending up uh, selling. Uh, so how did the how did the relationship with Clarivate develop? Did they approach you? Were you uh, ha- have the company on the market? How did that happen? Yeah, uh, when when we first uh, I guess launched our trademark vision product in 2013. Um, we were speaking uh, locally and started exhibiting uh, at IP conferences in 2014. Um, and Clarivate's CompuMark, uh, you know CompuMark, they're the market leaders in yes. trademark. So they have a strong presence uh, everywhere globally, um, including in Australia. So my first exhibit uh, was at a Lausanne's conference in Perth in 2014, had like a terrible banner in a small booth <laughs> did you have a booth envy of all the other giant giant stands <laughs> pretty much yeah um but i was able to meet one of the CompuMark account managers there and apparently he mentioned our, our our startup to their product team so when i then exhibited at inta in 2014 a few months later uh their vp of product came by our booth and said you know Hi, I heard about you and invited me to visit their office in Antwerp. So that's that's kind of how it um, all started. Worked with them over uh, 2015 uh, for some benchmarking, 2016 for initial partnership, and then released a joint product in 2017 and were acquired in 2018. So pretty uh, smooth process there. Well, that's uh, that's a, a great story and uh you obviously had a great product for them to be uh, knocking on your door uh, from the beginning. So how did you manage to sort of structure that 
partnership because it's always always dangerous i think when you're dealing with a partnership with a much bigger entity where you're concerned that they might take your technology and uh, and and run away with it how did you protect yourself from from that sort of thing you know uh maybe it's a bit of naivety on my part but i always focus on uh just running our own course and not worrying uh too much about theft because like uh if you don't uh, partner with some of these bigger companies it's very difficult to expand so really uh worked on a trusted relationship and trusted the partnership uh also like uh i guess just interacting with the people everyone was so i guess nice <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was there was no i didn't feel like there was any uh there was nothing that in my interactions that would uh raise any concerns uh so i felt it was very yeah Good, good partnership there. Sounds like a, a good business relationship, as they as they should be. Uh, not, not always are, but uh, as they should be. I consider myself myself a naive optimist as well. I've been let down a few times, but I'm still naive and optimistic. So uh, I think it's a good way to be. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same. A joint uh, a joint product or a joint uh, offering was it uh, being sold via their sales team, or did they they introduce you to warm leads? What was sort of the sales structure, if I may ask? Uh, yeah, it was a joint. Uh, product through uh, their platform. So the TMGO 365 image and TMGO 365 designs. So their uh, AI search product. It, so it was all done through the um, CompuMark um, Syrian online platform. So their their sales team was able to, um, you know, just pretty seamlessly sell uh, additional products. So it was basically a white label of Trademark Vision. Trademark Vision's brand wasn't on it. It was uh, all CompuMark brand. That's that's correct for uh, the corporates and law firms. Uh, Trademark Vision um, still sold direct to IP offices uh, because we actually have a custom uh, deployable technology as well as a custom um, uh, IP search engines that we can uh, modify and deploy and index to um, government data. Uh, so that was a completely separate product that we sold direct. Um, so I've, I've never been able to pull off one of these uh, a partnership uh, agreements. So I'm, I'm, I'm interested to, to learn how it works. So, so were you uh, prohibited from selling directly to corporates and law firms as part of the agreement, or could you still do that as part of Trademark Vision if you wanted to? They did not prohibit us actually, but we were so tiny compared to them. <laughs> I, I think they didn't worry very much at all. Okay, were... we had very little sales team. Okay. Uh, sales teams are hard to build and hard to keep motivated uh, and they're quite expensive. So uh, you, you probably uh, um, went, a, went a good path there. So then when... we went the partnerships route. Okay. Um, we actually had a few different partners, uh, including both IP offices and um, commercial partners. And I guess that, that was something your MBA taught you, whether to go direct or via partnerships. Yeah. Um, my expertise is more in uh, scalable product so and technology. So um, doing... Um, building a whole big sales team wasn't really my forte. So partnership made more sense. So it makes a lot of sense. So let's move on to the the eventual acquisition by Clarivate. Obviously you're in quite a tight, positive relationship uh, with them. Uh, if if uh, they offered you something and you said no, what would that have done to the uh, relationship? It's a little bit of a hard, hard negotiation to be had. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> I'm uh, glad it didn't work out that way, but... <laughs> <laughs> I never really thought about that. I guess that gave us some negotiating leverage. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and did the the deal? Uh, did you get some advisors on or people to help you with the valuation or your MBA skills uh, got you through? 
we uh, I actually never thought my MBA skills would be sufficient. But um, one of our board members uh, who was a banker previously highly recommended using an investment banker. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, he was 100% right. Um, the investment bankers do this daily uh, for many different companies. Whereas like startup founders like myself, it's our first time. So we wouldn't even know what to ask for. Um, so it was it was the best decision, actually, because, yeah, they handled it all for us. And they uh, we ended up with a U.S. boutique firm called Investment Advisors. Mm-hmm. We had no idea what we were doing, but they really guided us through, helped us create the deck. Create, uh, um, we actually had a few different um companies that were interested so they uh set up a competitive process negotiated all the terms and yeah did um really made the process super smooth for us it's a it's a real challenging challenge to find the right investment bankers i i i had one for uh-huh. an OB that didn't work out very well but anyway uh that's a that's a, a, a another story for when we have a red wine together one day <laughs> I, <laughs> I recommend innovation advisors they were they were amazing they went above and beyond innovation i'm going to write that down for when i sell real trader i'm going to use, use that one yeah uh, sure <laughs> and so i uh, can make an intro yeah please please do um always getting a competitive uh, um scenario is is the ideal so obviously claravate's sort of in the in the wings as as your partner but managing to get other people into the into the process do those contacts come through uh the the bankers some of them and uh, not not all i guess we were um, like IP industry is not huge. So we were familiar with most of the players at the time. Yeah. There aren't, aren't too many in the acquisition uh, pool. You could uh, name them on one hand. Um, so you've, uh, you've uh, sold to uh, Clarivate. Um, hopefully you got a, a good amount of uh, money out of it. Uh, why didn't you just uh, retire and go and uh, live by the pool? Oh, well, uh, I really wanted to um, realize the vision. So when we were, uh, considering acquisition, it wasn't just purely um, for uh, financial reasons. We also wanted to realize that vision of being able to index the world's uh, IP data. And merging with uh, CompuMark and Clarivate really enabled us to do that. Um, pre-acquisition, we only had about 12 uh, trademark jurisdictions. Um, and you had to kind of source each yourself. But CompuMark's many decades of um, experience. Uh, They already had global, like over 180 jurisdictions of trademark data. So uh, post-acquisition, we're literally able to, within a year, um, scale up our product and index all the jurisdictions, uh, trademark jurisdictions in the world, as well as uh, 65 industrial designs uh, jurisdictions. So we're able to realize our our vision for the product and the technology. That must have been uh, satisfying having having started with a little idea to to covering 180 countries. Yeah, it was it was awesome, and uh, have to thank Claravet so much for the opportunity. Plus, their their sales and partnership networks were so broad that we were able to reach many more people and uh, help the industry, um, which is ultimately what we set out to do. Well, the, the technology of uh, improving trademark searching is is now uh, a whole different genre, thanks to you and uh, and Trademark Vision. It sounds like a, a great partnership there with Clarivate. Oh yeah, it definitely was. Yeah, thank you, Justin. So a lot of uh, a lot of people when they they get uh, bought out, 
uh, sort of shelved or uh, don't get uh, too involved in the company. But uh, I think uh, just a couple of people, I think we had Tony Nim on the show who built Ipendo and he went into it with CPA Global then, the Clarivate. Uh, mm-hmm. They actually incorporated him well. You, you may have worked with him. Um, so uh, what, what role are you doing now uh, within Clarivate? Uh, yeah, I, I actually had uh, the opportunity to expand uh, my portfolio a bit and uh, get some more experience. So that was great. Uh, so I still manage the trademark vision uh, business line. Um, I also got a chance to innovate internally, uh, created a new um, data and analytics uh, product suite called Analytics Data Hub. Um, so that was um, uh, trying to bring and normalize together Clarivate data from a whole bunch of different business units, uh, like trademarks from CompuMark, uh, patent data from Derwin, uh, Dart's IP data for case law uh, in uh, different uh, IP rights, as well as um, web of science academic data, and normalize, uh, enable people to cross-analyze that data for um, different types of insights uh, from horizon scanning to technology landscaping to competitive analysis and um, uh, risk analysis. So uh, yeah, created this whole new platform um, and released it uh, just a couple years ago. It sounds like a very, very challenging project. I mean, each of those uh, pieces of information about, or are siloed from one another generally, and there's not a lot of uh, cross uh, common fields. Uh, how did you go about merging all of that? That's, that sounds like a, a huge, uh, huge task. Yeah, I mean, we had a great team of uh, product managers, really uh, technical, uh, both technical and uh, very uh, domain uh, knowledge um, uh, specific uh, product managers that were awesome and a great team of developers um, that uh, were just familiar with the data as well. A lot of data work, (laughs) a lot of data normalization, um, a lot of uh, AI as well to do um, entity classification as well as entity resolution to figure out uh, the parent companies, uh, normalize the company names, because you know in IP, it's Mm. always so messed up. Um, Trying to figure out if they belong to the same company is, is quite challenging. So there's a lot of AI that goes into that. Um, cross-references. So there's a lot of citation references between uh, patent data and um, academic literature. So figuring out those references um, and linking them as well uh, was challenging. And yeah, entity resolution for um, attorneys as well um, to figure out uh, cross-border deals. You're, you're more familiar with that than I am. Mm, yes, that. I think the the and there's a product called IP Pilot that does that really well these days. And back in back in my day, when it was a an over in a PCT filer, we had to do everything manually. We were doing a a list of the highest uh, patent filers in the world, and it was just one guy going through a spreadsheet for a long period of time to confirm if uh, <laughs> F B Rice was F dot B dot Rice. That sort of normalization. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that stuff. It's it's so it's surprisingly challenging, and it's surprisingly bad the data in the industry. Um, so it's, uh, um, Clarivet not only has AI, but they actually have man, like a thousand, over a thousand people who actually do editorial uh, data uh, across the company um, and just clean up that data. So it's it's pretty awesome. Mm. There's a lot you can do with, uh, with computers, but in the end, uh, the last 105% needs to be done by humans. <laughs> 
Pretty much, yeah. We we have we have the same thing with um on a bill trader. We have uh, we capture people's invoices, so foreign agent invoices, and the computer can do a lot of it. But in the end, uh, a human can tell the difference between an, an I and a one much better than a than a computer can. Or maybe I need some trademark vision uh, technology to help me out. <laughs> so tell me, give it. Let's give a plug for uh, for Clarivate. Remind me again of the the data product that you launched uh, two years ago, and what are the key features and benefits for for users? Um, yeah, the uh, analytics data hub. Um, it's uh, a central hub with uh, normalized and cleansed uh, IP data. Uh, like I mentioned, uh, trademarks, patents, uh, case case law for IP, as well as uh, academic literature. You can cross-analyze for the different use cases, uh, competitive analysis, landscapes, um, and uh, you can also access it through different interfaces. So. Um, you know, with a name like Analytics Data Hub, you kind of know there's different um, analytical tools. You can anal analyze it using uh, uh, business intelligence tools like Tableau, Power BI, or you can program with it, like with Jupyter Notebook in Python, or use uh, API, so you can program in what whatever language you want. Um, yeah, so it's just a um, different way to uh, provide uh, IP data to the industry. So would it uh, primarily be used by large corporations looking to see what their competitors are doing or, or uh, IP offices or who's who are the main users? Um, yeah, uh, people um, say a lot of corporates and um, uh, governments uh, who are interested in looking a bit deeper at IP uh, analytical trends, uh, like horizon scanning, um, looking at uh, technology landscapes. Um, is a common uh, use case. Well, it sounds like you've uh, settled in very well to Clarivate. Uh, you're living in in the states now with your your family, and uh, uh, hopefully uh, some uh, very interesting years ahead. You've been doing a lot of innovating in your past. Is there some, a new project you're working on uh, within Clarivate that uh, we can uh, get a hint of what's coming in the future? Yeah, uh, we're <laughs> um, always looking to innovate at Clarivate. There's there's actually uh, quite a lot of innovation and uh, in the brand space. The brand team at uh, Clarivate is really trying to reimagine um, and uh, refresh products in our space. And uh, yeah, there will definitely be um, more interesting products uh, that will be launched in the near future. So uh, you've you've done very well at uh, Clarivate and you've uh, worked out a niche there. Are you going to be retiring soon and, and going and reading a book under a tree somewhere or is that not your thing? Uh, not, not quite yet. I'm not ready to retire. <laughs> Um, uh, I still like to innovate and build things, and I'll be doing that for the foreseeable future. Well, terrific. Well, Sandra Mao, thanks for joining us on Talking IP. It was lovely to talk to you, and uh, good luck in the future. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Justin. It was a pleasure. Well, that's it for our latest episode of Talking IP, and thanks to my guest, Sandra Mao. Thank you for joining us, and please reach out to connect with me on LinkedIn, where we'll share updates on the release of each episode. Talking IP is brought to you by BillTrader, a fintech solution for IP firms designed to solve the cost and efficiency challenges of making and receiving payments to and from your foreign agents. To learn more, visit BillTrader.com. In episode 12, I'll be joined by Anna Maloney and Rachel Havard from Patent and Trademark Attorney Firm 2IP. Anna and Rachel talk about their commitment to work-life balance and the new consultancy business model that has been adopted at 2IP. 